I'm Shannon Paradis, the host and founder of Learn, Laugh, Leap. This podcast is centered around health and wellness, the pursuit of happiness, and journey to finding your true calling, which is why today I'm talking to Kippy Palish of Stable Living in Minnetrista, Minnesota. I read about her business in a local magazine. At Stable Living, the focus is on finding health and happiness on their 23-acre farm. They do this through in-office and equine-assisted therapy, which means you get to work with horses. I had an opportunity to go out and visit the farm and quickly fell in love with this practice. Kippy, welcome. Thank you. Yeah. I'm thrilled to be here. Shannon. Yay. Tell us a little bit about your background and how Stable Living manifested. For 25 years, I had been a graphic designer. And when my kids had been into college, getting up on their feet, I decided to go back to school and follow another passion of mine, which was psychology. During the course of my studies and my desire to get back into horses again, I merged the two fields. Turns out there's a thing called equine-assisted psychotherapy. And uh, in 2016, after I had been in practice for a while and was fully licensed and up and running, I did a training called Natural Lifemanship that just lit a fire under me. It showed me exactly how to merge the two worlds and that's how the farm came to be and why we're here doing the work that we do. What was the course about and how did you find it? It was a course in trauma-focused equine-assisted psychotherapy. Those happened to be the two things she was particularly interested in, trauma and horses. Kippy had been practicing the EGALA model, which is a type of equine therapy, but she wanted to deepen her practice beyond that. When I came across this training, that just changed everything. The way I conceptualized mental health and trauma and why people use horses and therapy. I just felt very driven to create a farm, a place where we specialize in this type of work, where I I would be able to help more people and bring in other therapists. I just didn't want to practice alone anymore at that point. When and where did that love for horses begin? It goes way back. I, like many, many other little girls, loved horses <laughs> right out of the gate. Of course. I would lay with my briar horses, collected them, <laughs> and finally, when I was, I don't know, seven, eight years old, I finally was able to take horseback riding lessons, and we would do little shows and trail rides and you know I still remember all of the horses I rode back then Navajo and Ginger and (laughs) oh my gosh as a I'm gonna say as a tween I just remember really going through a period of depression I just have this clear memory of laying up on the couch and front of the TV just saying is this all there is and then I met a friend who owned horses and that changed everything I would go on the school bus and and ride with her after a series of I don't know if it was years or months but of begging for a horse (laughs) I was finally able to get my first first Welsh pony oh my gosh Uh, and so did that cure your depression do you think 
Absolutely. It really, truly changed everything for me. And at the time, I was unaware of why. I just knew I was happy. But now, knowing what I know, horses have an amazing energetic field to them. They have what we call high heart rate variability. So they are very regulating to our nervous systems. In layman's terms, a higher heart rate variability or greater variability between heartbeats usually means that the body has a strong ability to tolerate stress or is strongly recovering from prior accumulated stress. They turn off the cortisol in our system and the adrenaline and they help regulate us and I was able to create a relationship not only with my horse but all the other friends that I would ride with and hmm. I think between those two things that explains why the horses profoundly changed my experience. Talk a little bit more about why horses versus other animals, because when I was there on the farm, there was an abundance of animals, no shortage there. And, you know, all of them, in a sense, could be therapeutic. But why specifically horses or why the equine therapy? For me, anyway, horses are majestic, right? And mm-hmm. why wouldn't you use them as therapy? Because they're so beautiful. <laughs> there is a neurobiological reason why we choose horses, why they're different than dogs or cats or other animals. They're a prey animal. They're all set up to mimic a traumatized brain. So when they're not regulated or in high heart rate variability, very calm and regulated at peace, if something startles them, they will go straight into their brainstem and they will go into fight, flight, or freeze. And that's exactly what happens in a brain that's been traumatized is it's all set up to be hypervigilant and assess everything as dangerous. Right. And so when we work with the horses, we're really working to develop other regions of the brain were working to cool off the nervous system. Horses teach people to control their behavior by mirroring the way a human feels. So when the person is calm, the horse will calm down and cooperate and participate with the human. When the person is nervous or anxious or hyper, the horse actually does the same thing. So it's very good for mental health patients to do some personal reflection on how their behavior affects other people and other things. So benign thing, the door slamming or anything that might startle a traumatized person. Mm Mm-hmm is cooled off. They don't go into their brainstem. They can use higher regions of their brain. When I was there, we went out to see the horses and you had asked me, I don't know if you remember, but you you had asked me, what's going on with you? And at first I was kind of thrown off by the question because I was like, what's going on with me in my life? Like... Uh-huh. <laughs> what's my background? But, you know, the horse was approaching me. So you're asking what's going on as the horse is coming up. The emotions are kind of mixed, right? Because because they're so large that can feel a little scary. But they're also, like you said, they're such beautiful animals and they can be so peaceful. So there's like the mix of emotions. What kind of feedback do you get from your clients? And what do they say when you ask them that question? It's really all over the board. Some people 
report that it's just calm, it's just peaceful, and they don't experience that fear because they've grown up around horses. It can be many different reasons, but other people, they don't. They don't even want to go into the paddocks. They don't want to touch a horse to begin with, and that's where our work begins is noticing what is coming up for you. We're really working in three regions of the brain. We're working in our neocortex, mm -hmm. where reason and logic reside. We're working with what we call the midbrain or the limbic region, mammalian part of our brain, the part of our brain that feels emotion and connection, mm -hmm. right? where we want to be in relationship. And the third region of the brain is the brain stem, and it's there to keep us alive. Whenever we perceive that our life is in danger, the brain stem is going to take over and go into flight, fight, or freeze mode when it assesses that we're not safe. We're really focused on developing the three areas, turning off the brain stem so we can access the limbic region of the brain, the emotion center, the connection center, so we can form relationships with the horses and our Ourself, right? The most important relationship we're ever going to have is the one that we have with ourselves. So true. Finally, the neocortex. When we're connected with a horse and we're feeling good about our relationship, we do problem solving from the neocortex region of the brain. We can figure out how to put halters on and saddles on and do some of those things that involve problem solving. When the client has partnered with a horse, can you walk through, first of all, how they choose their partner and then what you allow them to do with the horse as part of their session? When a person gets here after our intake process, what we like to do is go out and introduce them to the herd. That process can look very different depending upon the person. For us, it's very diagnostic work for patterns that emerge. Some people might go out there and say, all right, I'll choose that one. They haven't faced with anybody. They, they just close their eyes and point. Yeah, yeah. So that's very different than another person who spends session after session trying to figure out which horse do I want to use? What if I make the wrong choice? What if they don't like me? Everybody comes to the table with something different. Impulsive decisions or fear of making wrong choices, not trusting themselves, not trusting the horse. Whatever it is, we meet them where they're at. Once they choose that horse, what do they get to do during their sessions? That's when we set about developing a relationship with the horse, right? Mm -hmm. It's like meeting a new friend on the playground or <laughs> a, a new colleague at work. Mm -hmm. How do we deepen our connection? We explore how they might go about that. So maybe they do some grooming with their horse and we decide, well, are you going to let your horse be at liberty out in the pasture and you're going to meet them where they're at and groom them? Are you going to put them on a halter and bring them in and take them out of the pasture? And What would be best for your relationship? We do a lot of processing around what would it look like if you were to have a healthy connection with this horse. Mm -hmm. Eventually, we might get people riding on their horse. Like, I can get up on my horse's back and he's happy to carry me. And that would be symbolic to somebody that there's a lot of trust and connection. 
That's awesome. So they have the opportunity to do a lot of different things. It's not just limited to sitting time with the horse. No, it's definitely not. There's a lot of interaction on the ground. Really, it's a twofold process for us here. We do the relationship work. Every time you come out here, we are going to work on deepening your relationship with your horse. It's a real relationship. The same principles apply for a horse when you want to connect with them as it does for another human being, Mm -hmm. right? We have to evaluate, are they ignoring me? Are they resisting me? What do I do when they ignore me? What do I do when they resist me? I Mm -hmm. do a lot of couples work. It's profoundly helpful to take the relationship outside of their marriage and examine what healthy relationship looks like as they create one with a horse. Wow, so the couples therapy also can include the equine therapy. Absolutely. It's a powerful way to drive home the principles of healthy relationship in a place that's outside their marriage, where it's not so subjective and fueled with emotion. What sort of demographic are you treating at the farm? For the most part, equine therapy is known to be a treatment for children. Hmm. We really put an emphasis on adults and getting adults out there with the horses, giving them an opportunity to heal anxiety, depression, addiction, Hmm. anger issues, emotional dysregulation so many things that we can use this for right because the principle is healing comes through healthy connected relationships Mm -hmm. have Um, you seen big transformations in some of these patients that you've taken just from your regular office visits to the equine therapy Absolutely, yeah. I think, like I was mentioning before, embodying the learning, having a visceral experience of what it feels like. We're not just sitting on a, on a couch talking about <laughs> mm-hmm. feeling anxious. We go out there and we might feel anxious in the paddock with the horses. Let's work through that in real time. Mm-hmm. Okay? Plug in those skills that we've been talking about in the office because it's happening right now. That's much more impactful have experiential learning versus just auditory neocortex learning. We actually go out there and experience the anxiety or the sadness because maybe the horse doesn't feel like connecting that day. Horses are effective in the healing process through EMDR. I wanted Kippy to share a little bit about EMDR, which stands for Eye Movement Desensitization and Reprocessing. Okay. a mouthful, right? But... (laughs) (laughs) That's why it's an acronym. It is, yeah. (laughs) Luckily. It was actually developed by a woman who noticed that when she was able to work through difficult emotions, she connected that her eyes were moving very rapidly while she was thinking about the issue, and then she felt better. So she put two and two together that somehow rapid eye movement, like we do in REM sleep, it turns out it's not eye movement exclusively. It's Mm -hmm. anything that goes left, right, left, right, left, right. Hmm. What do horses do when we're on them? They go left, right, left, right, left, right as we walk. And that allows us the time to process through things and come to more adaptive conclusions about what's happened in our life. Interesting. So this would happen if they were riding the horse? 
or brushing the horse, right? If you're going kind of across your body, left to right, watching their tail swish, there's just a lot of regulation mm-hmm. right, that happens passively. And then there's us saying, we're going to get you up on the horse and we want you to feel that motion of the horse. Same thing happens, I think, for people who go out for a run or climb up on a treadmill. They're going left, right, left, right, left, right. And they're thinking about things, and they come back and they feel better. A horse can detect a human's emotional state, intentions, and needs immediately by reading a human's body language and energy. If you're angry, the horse most likely will prefer to stay away from you or display behaviors that mirror your anger or give you a message about your anger. If you have fears and want help, the horse will often come to you and relay a message to you using body language. If you have fears and don't seek help, the horse will attempt to do the same, but likely from a distance. So horses are very intuitive to what's going on for their human, and they oftentimes reflect it back. It's really helpful to have such intelligent co-facilitators in the room with us to have the horse helping us understand what's going on for our clients. How many sessions do people usually need to start seeing improvements? It's all over the board. When people are ready and just primed for healing, it can go very quickly. They go, oh, I get it. (laughs) (laughs) The doors just open up and they get insight and connection. They learn about themselves and why they do what they do. And we're always trying to make the unconscious conscious. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that goes very quickly when someone's primed and ready. Other times people need a long period of preparation before they're ready to dip into their trauma history and, and find out more on a conscious level what's driving them. And you've found that people will maybe not open up as much when you're having those in-office sessions, but then when you bring them out to the horses, that's when you really discover more? Yeah, oftentimes people will say, well, well, this happened, but I don't want to talk about it. (laughs) Doesn't really help you, huh? No, I go, okay. So oftentimes we'll just, you know what, let's just get you up on the back of your horse and do some passive nervous system regulation let's just help feel better and turn off your fight flight or freeze response and often through that that rhythmic sensory input that we're giving them on the horse they'll start processing and talking about what it is that's bothering them and it it allows people to reach the place where they're ready much Mm -hmm. quicker than in the office it's really cool yeah, I think nature does that too, right? We spend a lot of time outside and there's a lot of rhythmic sensory input in nature when we're hearing the birds and, and hearing the trees sway and the breeze and the farm animals and mm. the horses are out in the pasture and we're watching them graze and swishing their tails. It's just all very regulating. People yeah. step out of their cars and say, I already feel better. <laughs> So true. So when you first started this business, what were you seeing out there that already existed in equine therapy, even in Minnesota? And how is your practice different? Equine therapy has been used as what we call hippotherapy, which is a type of therapy where they have sidewalkers on horses and it's for physical and cognitive disabilities. Okay. So it was really used for building core strength in adults and children 
who lack that or mm-hmm. you know had trouble with vestibular balance. I mentioned Igala earlier, and mm-hmm. we still use some of those techniques. They're amazing and powerful, but it didn't, for me, connect to a neurobiological approach I felt was really important. Right. So I think our practice sets itself apart from other local practices, and I know many natural life mentorship practices here in the Twin Cities, too, but they're more few and far between than the Igala model. We're kind of a tight-knit community of people who practice this and and often refer to each other just because we believe so deeply in this model and the power that holds for healing. Within your network, is there any discussion around where this therapy could go from here? Well, I think we're all extremely excited about integrating equine therapy with EMDR. Mm-hmm. So instead of using the traditional methods of EMDR, which is using light bars to help people move their eyes or tappers that pulse in people's hands, left, right, left, right, we're doing some intensive training using the horse to provide what we call the bilateral stimulation, the left, right, left, right stimulation that mm-hmm. that causes integration in the brain. So when we feel a sensation on the right side of our body, it turns on the left side of our brain, which is basically where language and logic resides. Mm-hmm. But when something taps or stimulates the left side of our body because we're cross-wired, it turns on the right side of our brain, which predominantly is emotion. So oftentimes, logically, we know that I shouldn't be afraid to be home in my house after dark. I understand that my doors are locked and I'm safe in here, logically, but I don't feel safe. Yeah. Our brain is incongruent. It doesn't right. agree, and that's very distressing for people. So EMDR helps light up both sides, our whole brain. We process through things again that led us to believe that we're not safe and come to different conclusions that I am safe. Is this a reimbursable practice when people use their health insurance? Hallelujah, it is. (laughs) (laughs) That's such a great answer. (laughs) Well, we're thrilled, I think. (laughs) whole industry we we all know how powerful this is and we were really frustrated with health insurance who has not been reimbursing for this so it was always an out-of-pocket expense but as of recently it's becoming reimbursable you have 12 horses is that right 12 horses on the property yeah and we use nine of them for therapy and that number always fluctuates and changes and uh, (laughs) (laughs) usually goes up 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 Right. Yeah, you and Patty had talked about wanting more. Yeah, I know. You always want more. We're going to look at one uh, later today that we're really hopeful for that can join our herd and help people heal and be an amazing what we call rhythmic riding horse that we can put people up on their back and really trust that they're going to take good care of them. Is there any other message that you want to leave? Like if somebody could just take away one thing from, you know, what you're doing or stable living, anything else that you want to add? The only thing I would add is that I think when people think of psychotherapy, they think of medical office buildings and sterile environments and kind of sitting face to face with a therapist 
And I just really want to really wanna be clear that stable living is a completely different environment for healing. Our offices are actually in the barn, and <laughs> the horses generously gave us four of their stalls to build three offices in there. When we're in the office, we're, we have our, our Mr. Ed doors open, <laughs> and we're looking out you know, looking out at the horses. It is such a cool office setting. I would call it barn chic, but maybe you have a different, <laughs> maybe you have a different way of describing it. Well, it was fun, right? Because it merges all of my loves and my skills as a designer and as a therapist and as a horse lover. It pulls it all together. I come from a family of entrepreneurs. I guess that was contagious. <laughs> Thank <laughs> them for that. I, yeah. It's a business, thanks to my mother, and what you know really gave me the courage to step out and do something quite different from what other therapists are doing. And I don't regret it for one minute. I think every day out here, we as therapists, we stay healthy, and we have so much gratitude for what we're able to do in the space that we get to practice in. And pretty special place. Yeah, even driving up, you get just such a cathartic and calming feeling just being in that gorgeous setting. Yeah, You're absolutely right. right. There's nothing sterile about it. No. Such a, a unique and creative therapy. And thank you so much for joining me. I hope the word continues to spread about stable living. And as part of the reason why I wanted to have you on again, because I think you really have something beautiful here that can help change lives. It's an amazing thing, and I hope you think people like you are helping get the word out there so more people can heal and yeah, have a different experience in life.